Hello everyone! Earthling Ed promised me I'd win my arguments with meat eaters every time! Is he full of sh**? <laughs> You're listening to Vegan Talk with me Tom. Me Kate. And me Anthony. Welcome everyone, this is Vegan Talk and today we're reviewing Earthling Ed's latest book, How to Argue with a Meat Eater and Win Every Time. The book was released just over a fortnight ago, so Kate, Ant and myself have had enough time to read or indeed listen to it by now and give it a good old dissection on today's show. Yes, now if you're new to our weekly show and deeper discussions are what you like, as well as last week's episode of Vegan Talk, there's already loads out there, but they're on previous joint episodes with the Vegan Week podcast. So go onto our feed, any of the Vegan Week shows released between September and December 23. If you click on those episodes, skip to around 40, 45 minutes in, you'll reach the part where we get to our focused discussion section. Yes, the title for each discussion matches the show title. So you'll be able to see we already have shows in the feed discussing whether children should be shown graphic animal agriculture footage, what to do when vegans go too far, and the issue of veganism and pregnancy, as well as reviews of Chicken Run 2 and the documentary Nowhere to Run, produced by the focus of today's episode, Earthling Ed. So let's get straight into today's discussion about Ed's new book. Now, the book doesn't have a plot that we could spoil, but we will be giving our opinions on it. So if you've not read the book and would like to do so before hearing our thoughts, just stop the show now. It's not going anywhere. It'll stay online forevermore. And then you can listen to the rest of the episode once you've read it. However, if you don't mind hearing our opinions first, or indeed you have already read the book, let's crack on. Now, Ant, do you want to start by giving us a rough outline of the book's premise and its structure for us? Yeah, I'll do my best, but I'd, I'd value uh, the, the two of you chipping in too if I miss anything out. Um, so as I guess the title of the book, How to Argue with a Meat Eater and Win Every Time, does kind of sum it up. There's a lot of rebukes to common arguments against veganism, and that, that takes up the main flesh of the book i would say the main probably i don't know what 60 70 percent of it is basically the objections and then how to counter them i would say that that's most of it there is a section that's talking about effective debating and argument strategies early on as well which is sort of just generic i mean that that makes it sound like i'm i'm devaluing it some very good uh tips on on how to argue effectively um and you know, respond to objections of any kind, I suppose. But generally speaking, the main structure of the book is here's an objection to veganism and here's how to respond to it. There's a little bit of background, I guess, on on Ed's own story at the start as well, isn't there? Not not a huge amount. Um, is that is yeah. there anything I've missed there? I, th I feel like that's the main flesh I of it. It's just about how Ed structures um, how the rebuttals will go. So he groups... Uh, people into like, these uh, these categories like he's got like uh, the mistaken philosopher the well-meaning leftist yeah. the wishful thinker and all this and it just sort of like groups people in sort of like 
you know, archetypes, I suppose you'd say, um, which I are quite useful, perhaps, if you've got a, a friend who likes to fit in, in a box. Um, <laughs> but you, yeah, it's um, it's like that. And then I suppose, you know, at the end, he sort of um, talks about like, you know, just wraps it all up quite nicely. So, um, you know, that's, mm. that's the only thing I'd add there, really. Yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say, yeah, he wraps it up at the end, giving us the why, doesn't he, that we're actually doing it for the animals, mm. um, you know. Uh, to help them yeah um yeah before we go before we go into sort of more minutiae and and sort of break things down a bit more do we want to just kind of give 60 seconds each of us just giving a a broad review of of what we thought like what our opinions were on it like kate how how did you find the book in, in in general you read it didn't you tom and i listened to the audiobook you you read it yeah i read it um, I feel like I need to read it again. For me, this is the book, because I, I read his last one as well last year. It is a year ago now, isn't it? And this is the book that I wish he'd written then, really. So um, this is what I wanted. This is this is the, the kind of... I mean, I get caught on the hop quite often. I see red quite often you know even at little old ladies that make some sort of disparaging remark and I'm and I like oh how dare you say that it's not a fad it's not a fad you know yeah um and I yeah I I I do I like the way all the the kind of types of arguments are put into groups like that I think I may have to have it under my arm I'm doing some activism tomorrow so I'll just be hold on a minute let me go to this page <laughs> because you're what are you oh you're a pseudoscientist right <laughs> yeah I I enjoyed it it was um obviously well meaning I did my I don't know if you guys have seen it on his website. He, he used to have a PDF um, that was just free to download. And it was, I, I felt like he was just retreading a lot of old ground that I'd already read from some of his literature. So I was a bit sort of like, I know there's more here, but is it like eight pounds worth more? I know that sounds really cheap, doesn't it? Really, really cheap. <laughs> oh, I'll get my eight pounds worth. Um, but, you know, it, it's one of those things. It's It's obviously there to arm you with rebuttals if you are so inclined to sort of get into those debates with people um you know it was filled with a lot of information um i listened to the audiobook and i have some some things to say about that um but i don't want to level that at the book um and i may save those comments for just later but generally speaking yeah it was um it's, it was an interesting listen um i for some of it it was very much preaching to the converted i found some of the earlier chapters quite repetitive um, but when it sort of got into the the flow of it all, that when it was going down into those archetypes and it was sort of like listing all the rebuttals to, to certain things about, like, say, the environment, to the farmers, to the the well-meaning leftists and all these other things, that's when I sort of got into it a lot more. And I thought it was a lot of an easier listen, uh, shall we say. So my overall, like, uh, you know, impressions were it, it, it was good, but we'll, we'll dive into the, the nitty gritty uh, in just a little bit. Yeah, I, I would say I was very glad to listen to the book. It's been a while, I think, since I've I've revisited some of some of the whys uh, because that that is covered as to why we're vegan and and those rebuttals and and just I don't know. Sometimes it's just good to arm yourself with information, isn't it? And there's a lot of good information in there. You know, he's fastidious with referring to science, all sorts of studies, and it's probably a little while since I've properly sat down and and digested those obviously we're covering them for the show but that's quite a quick turnaround to put something back out so it's nice to just i was generally 
listening while I was running or, or driving, like just immersing myself in that. So I, I thought it was really good content. Perhaps like you're saying, Tom, there's it's certainly not without critique. There's there's things that I think, oh, I wonder what it would have been like if you'd have done it like this. I mean, I'm a I'm a very big fan of Earthling Ed. He could just sort of present a, sl- a stained tissue and I'd probably buy it for $7.99. So um, it, it, it was particularly, particularly better than that. And yeah, it's, it's great that stuff like that is being put out there. But um, yeah, in- interesting food for thought because it almost made me think, Kate, when you were talking about saying, oh, I'll, I'll just refer to my book. Sort of, It reminded me of uh, somebody sort of getting a, a, a Bible verse or something like that. I'll refer you to Matthew 3.14. And it's not that, uh, you know, if, if we're looking for that, it's it's not that. There are bits of it. I'm kind of like, oh, mate, you, you shouldn't have said that. Or like, do we really need to bring this into it? Um, but on the whole, solid eight or nine out of 10, I, I've, I've got to say. And, you know, he's a good bloke and he really... Really, it's hard to knock him. Can we talk about the title? Because one of the things he says in the early chapters is obviously that the book is meant for everyone. Obviously, vegans are more likely to buy it because, um, you know, we're vegan and Earthling Ed is like, you know, we hold him up on a pedestal. He is wonderful. I've met him. He's a really nice guy. Um, So vegans are obviously going to buy it. Um, Obviously, he does make clear in the earlier chapters that, you know, it's not just for vegans. I wonder how many meat eaters are going to look at that book and think, oh, yeah, you know what? I fancy a bit of intellectual stimulation. Let's give that a go. I just I just wonder <laughs> if the title is a bit would put people who aren't vegan off. Yeah, I mean like Kate, are you going to buy a book that says it, um read why everyone eating a whole food plant-based diet is a complete idiot? Uh, like no. I might, Are you going to buy that? I might I might <laughs> borrow it from the library, but I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> Not going to yeah. give them your money. I felt the same, Tom. I'd really be interested to know whether it was his decision or Penguin's decision as the publisher. Because I can see why, you know, a book with that title is getting you on GB News. It's getting you on Good Morning Britain. It's it's getting you all the free publicity because it's incendiary. But in such a... I have a concern that in, in such polemic times when everything's so divisive and you're either in one camp or you're in the other... Like, do we really need more excuses to be like yeah. putting each other in different camps? No, and I don't talks, know. Yeah, he talks about confirmation bias a lot in the book, and you know, we, as you say, and you know, we've seen so much of that confirmation bias in in political discourse, in in well, in pretty much every you know fac- facet of society in discourse. It's just I'm just going to look for what I want to hear. So if you're a meat eater, you're not going to want to hear why your diet is wrong. It's bad for the planet. It's bad for the animals. It's bad for your health. So you're not going to pick that book up. So I just, mm. yeah, I just have, I, I, I think it, the title was, um, it sounds for, for vegans, it's great. Oh, great. I'm going to be able to stump Uncle Stanley at the next family gathering. <laughs> but, you know, it's um, for the general everyday consumer, I would just be sort of like wondering if that would put some people who might be interested in veganism off and they see a title like that and they go, well, actually, maybe maybe, maybe that book's not for me. Well, Kate, you mentioned the book that you released last year, which was called This Is Vegan Propaganda. And there was a subtext afterwards and it's like, and other lies the meat industry tells you. But like, that's the complete opposite, isn't it? Like, that's going to get people going. I mean, maybe this is a strategy. It's like, let's do, release two books in two years. One's going to make it sound like, read this if you're anti-vegan. And then we'll release another one that says, ah, bloody carnists. But it's a completely different strategy. And 
like like you say, Tom, I kind of feel like vegans are going to buy his stuff anyway because, rightly or wrongly, and I'm I'm going to say potentially wrongly, like he is put up on a pedestal. Nothing against him. I just think as a social justice movement, no one should be put on a pedestal. You know, that's not the point. But like, we're going to buy his stuff. So let's use strategies that are going to get other people to buy it. I don't know. I did have a, a a friend around the other day who is a meat eater who saw it, picked it up and went, oh, oh, right. OK, I said, you can borrow it if you like. <laughs> so you never yeah. know. I, d- I just wonder, yeah, be interesting to know how many uh, non-vegans do read it, whether they buy it or they get it bought for them. I don't know. Just out of curiosity, maybe. Quite interesting. My dad, who is always um, oh, been sort of like toying with vegetarianism for the last few years he actually um sent me a link uh to earthlinger doing something in, down in brighton which is where they live um and i was like oh I, i've just i've just finished reading his book actually you should give it a read i think having knowing my dad i think he would genuinely read that and he'd probably find that quite intellectually stimulating but Ant, do you know any meat eaters that you would be like right here give this a read at times i'm you know a very vocal and outspoken vegan but then other times I've, i really feel self-conscious about what people might think about me and things like that i'll just be honest and i i feel like that, that just from the title of this book and I, we shouldn't focus too much on the title, but then it, you know, it's, it's the first thing you see, it's going to put you off or, or draw you in. I just worry that I'm going to come across as the, uh, I mean, the book talks about archetypal non-vegan comments, but I'm going to fall into the vegan stereotype by like, look, they all carry around this book that gives them all the answers. This is why they, this is why they're all shouting about these things. They're just reading off a script. Do you know what I mean? And, and I think if it's just cashed in a slightly different way, sort of saying like, why some of the information you've heard about veganism might be not be quite as it seems or something like that. I'm, I'm not a publisher, so it's not my job to come up with book titles. But if it was something like that, then it's maybe a bit more intriguing. And then, yes, like then I could say to somebody, I mean, I'm making excuses for my own inactivity here, but I could say, look, there's this book that somebody's written that I think a lot of, and they're saying like a lot of, a lot of what you might have heard might not be completely the truth. I don't know. What, what about the two of you? Like you, you, you dishing this out to everyone on the street? You giving your copy away tomorrow, Kate? Uh, no, I need to read it again. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I guess it's it's like the Christspiracy title, isn't it? It's it's kind of shock value grabbing. But yeah. then everything's like that. Headlines are like that. Everything. Everyone's trying to grab your attention. I don't know. I think there might be some kind of omnivores that pick it up and think, right, great, I'm going to argue with every point in here. <laughs> you know yeah. so i mean who's who's to know who's to know but but then but then considering the kind of socratic method that ed himself is talking about in the book saying here's an effective way to talk to people mm. like it's going completely against that because he's saying in yeah. the book quite rightly too from my experience if you if you get people's backs up and you're just arguing that's not going to help and yet the title of the book is like an invitation to an argument like what, it's something it's, i would imagine like joey carbstrong doing because if you look at yeah. like how they both advocate for vegans and animal rights the yeah. polar opposites joey carbstrong's like in your face 
Papau, 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 whereas Earthling Ed, mm. in my opinion, does things a lot a lot better because he listens and he's so, so, so calm. I think the book has some fantastic points and, and I say points that were in his previous free PDF uh, from his website. Um, <laughs> You're I, so bitter about that, Tom. <laughs> no, I suppose it's not, I don't know if it's a criticism and I probably ha- would have to read the book again and read the PDF again, but there was a lot of overlap shall we say mm. um so there's updates though wasn't there because oh, i mean yes, there's the there's content in there that's, that's just yeah i don't i don't want to sound like i'm really bitter because i'm genuinely not but like yeah. i've used ed's stuff previously in discussions and debate i've used it in debate in person i've used it in discussions online which online discussions so the letter the least said about them the better my experience of of those things is is hardly ever positive so i don't know maybe i've just become a bit defeatist um, or a bit cynical in my, I don't want to say old age because I'm not old, but I just find that like, he, you know, he mentions about like a, a lot of our confirmation bias, as I've already mentioned about looking for studies that only, you know, back up what you want to say. And I always find that when you get into these discussions, you just end up going round and around in a circle. Um, so mm. I think it's just about being really smart and knowing exactly what you want to say when these, um, you know, these things get raised. And I think this book gives you enough ammo to to do that effectively um, so I'm not one that would go around shouting from the rooftops about it, but I am quietly confident that if, you know, when I go around my friend's house and they give me a jibe about what I'm eating or whatever, and, oh, what's in that then? And I can just turn around and say, well, actually, you know, I've got, I've got something up my sleeve, so to say, because I don't, I don't go looking for arguments anymore. I perhaps used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. but not anymore can i ask kate you you said you wanted to read it again is is that why like what tom's saying in terms of like getting these things like really well embedded into mm. your head because mm. i can see that yeah i think uh for me personally i i have been vegan a long time now and i i feel like i've got quite a good knowledge always learning more all the time but i'm not a person that's very good at remembering facts I mean, figures, you know, numbers and numbers, are, are, you know, uh, I wish I was. And I, I actually probably if I re- read it again, which I will, um, I don't think that's going to help me I, anyway. <laughs> I'll still forget the numbers. Yeah. But I, I, I th- yeah, I, I think personally, the rebukes and the information he puts out there mm. is really strong. Mm. Like, I, I can't find much mm. to to critique on that. There's a couple of instances where his sort of critique of a study might be that it's funded by the dairy industry or something like that, which I think is valid. But then I kind of thought, well, I bet some of the studies you're referring to. There was one that he talked about. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but as you were talking, um, there was one where he mentioned about it was a study um, that was funded by the Vegan Society. And he was like, oh, yeah, we've got to mention that. But then he almost went into the whole, it was funded by 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 the Vegan Society, but, and then he tries to justify that but yeah. obviously he doesn't give the same sort of balance as it were to studies funded by so I, yeah. yeah but but generally speaking i would say if you just looked at the at the arguments that he's putting forward i i think i'd have very little to say against it i think it's more just and and maybe it's maybe it's down to the publishers in terms of not just the title of the book but the, these archetypes that the kind of like oh the pseudoscientist or the well-meaning leftist and things like that 
I don't think they're good labels to be giving people in 2024. Like I say, we're we're divided enough. We we label and put each other in boxes enough. And actually, I I can just imagine. In fact, I don't have to imagine it. I'm I know it will be happening. There will be groups of vegans getting together going oh look look there he is there the the well-meaning leftist yeah yeah you know and and we're sharing this private in joke and we we don't need to be driven further away from people we need bridges and i i, I can understand why you would group the arguments according to the type but there's no need it, it felt like a bit of a an ad hominem attack to just be like oh look there they are the pseudoscientists spouting rubbish again oh, like, the amateur nutritionists that. where you get your protein from <laughs> how little they yeah yeah, yeah like yeah. yeah we we know it's irritating but like two wrongs don't make a right and if we're if we're just being spiteful back that there's no need mm. for that again i don't know whether that's ed or whether that's the publisher I, as you who's say made I, that decision. I really liked the way that they were grouped together because you got all yeah. of your as you say your nutrition there you You've got all of your history and cultural norms there. So that was really quite a good way to do it. Um, but I would be inclined, as uh, as you say there, to maybe uh, change those title headings to something a bit less divisive. Mm. Um, I don't know, though, because... Uh... It made I it made me kind of laugh. I I remember things better when I find something funny. I don't know about you. Yeah, no, Does you're definitely right. I I get you, Kate. I just think things like that, and unfortunately, any kind of weakness like that that we show as vegans to people who are skeptical of vegans, it's it's just fuel for the fire. And I think the place for that kind of satire is a private Facebook group that people can't see what you're saying and you can just say, sorry, everyone, I just need to have a rant about my next door neighbour or the amateur nutritionist, as I will call him, who's just, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, let off some steam there. Let's all have a joke about it and that's fine. But this is a published book by one of the most well-known vegan advocates in the country. Like, I guess so, I, I just don't think but immediately I think, like oh, yes, I remember questions like that. Like everybody, everybody who is not a vegan is an amateur nutritionist, you know. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I, I, no, I, I quite liked it, so... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's like you say, it sticks in the mind, doesn't it? Well, we're talking about it, so it's definitely stuck with us. And I've got a question for you, buddy, because um, and I'm sorry, Kate, this won't really apply to you because you didn't listen to it. When Ed was reading the book, Anne, I, I like Earthling Ed. I've watched Earthling Ed speak live. I've watched videos of him and he's so well spoken and he's so brilliant. But there was something almost grating listening to like an eight and a half hour audio book <laughs> that sounds really hot but I, 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 I really like Earthling Ed I say great guy watched him speak live and you know captivating genuinely captivating I felt sometimes it was a bit self-righteous yeah yeah um, I, I'm with you I, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying do you know what I, th- I think you're a brilliant person but I don't want to have a game of tennis with you or you, you know we don't or we don't have to be perfect at everything or it's it's interesting because I'm starting to feel there's a difference between it. Like I, I subscribe to his YouTube channel and I see a lot of what he's doing. And there's some stuff that I absolutely lap it up and I bloody love it. And then there's other stuff where I'm just like, oh, mate, you sound like, gosh, I I, I don't think you're doing yourself any favours here. And I think 
that are kind of yeah there's sometimes a bit of self-righteous and there's sometimes like a bit of sarcasm and some people can do sarcasm in a way that's really funny and really effective and i don't know maybe it's just his accent or whatever but some of the comedy bits didn't land for me yeah and and, you know fair enough give it a go um you know none of us are perfect would you prefer that stephen fry had read it Um, as someone who has listened to the Harry Potter audiobooks on repeat since the age of about seven, yes. No, 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 no. I want to hear. I want to hear the author reading a book always, always, unless they don't want to. But like, I think what the interesting thing that I found to answer your question, Tom, is that sometimes. I was getting that self-righteous, but then other times I absolutely wasn't. And I, I think it just maybe depended on the argument that he was making. The absolute black and white for me, he, I think he brought himself into it a bit too much and painted himself as the perfect animal advocate a bit yeah. too much. I d- did he ever refer to an instance where he tried to advocate but didn't feel like he did a particularly good job? Did he ever mention falling into a trap can't, or? Can't and I know every time he brings up something, it's always, oh, I spoke to so and so, then I asked him this, and they were a bit yeah. lost for words. Now, in in the past, he has brought up when he's not been particularly good. I've I've heard an interview with him, I'm sure, where he said, you know, in my early days advocating for animals, I was a bit too angry, I was a bit too this, and that's good. Like vulnerability draws people mm. to you if you paint yourself as this perfect advocate mm. as well as being less relatable in terms of maybe putting people off and thinking well I'll never do it as perfect as you so what's the point um mm. I don't think it's particularly relatable so yeah I'm, I'm glad you asked that Tom because I kind of felt the same and I was yeah. it sounds it sounds harsh because and I think this is why I would like to read the book yeah because I at the moment I can't tell if I'm being overly critical because I didn't enjoy his narration particularly, or if I'm being critical of the book. So for me, for me, it's sort of hard to differentiate at the moment because as I said, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. Um, I love to read, but audiobooks are my jam. And I just feel like it, it didn't come to Ed naturally. Yeah. Um, would be perhaps my sort of my overarching feeling there. What what so tone did like you hear, read... Kate, when you're reading it? Like, did did a did a self righteous tone come across from a text? Well, not to me. And um, I was just going to say, uh, to me, it's kind of like a textbook, a teaching book. Mm. You know, that's he's actually trying to teach people that want to learn to be an effective advocate. Mm. And it. The beginning, I don't know how it came across as an audio, um, but, you know, he's giving you, like you say, the Socratic, I can't even say it, Socratic Socratic method, thank you. Yeah, teaching you to, to be, to listen to be to be kind of open and vulnerable and non-judgmental, all things I fall down at when I'm trying to, yeah. <laughs> when I get cross. Yeah. But you know, um so I mean how did that come across to you? That the 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 beginning when he's teach trying to trying to get across that method. I, which I think is really important. How you try and talk to someone is so important. Yeah, I, I, I think it was re- I'm really glad it was there. I think there's a lot of good mm. takeaways. I think I would have just liked to hear him say, Do you know what? I didn't used to be very good at this, but I've mm. I've picked up a few skills and now I'm, you know, I make a living from it. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I think he just put himself up yeah. on a bit of a pedestal. I'm going to be really honest. After listening to the first few chapters, I was quite inclined to just 
give up. I'm really worried that I'm coming across really critical here and I feel I'm coming across quite harsh, but I genuinely, after like the first few chapters, I, I turned to my wife and I said, I'm, I'm struggling with this. Yeah. Um, and Do you think, Tom, if that was at the end, it would have made a difference? Yeah, I think, I think perhaps, maybe... It, it, it's yeah it, it's possible that if that was in a different part of this, the book it, it, it might have done but i found those opening chapters a really hard slog why why was that i, was, I, I don't know and i just i can't quite put my finger on it um i i did as i say once the once it started getting into the archetypes and the actual sort of the arguments itself i actually found it quite engaging and really enjoyed listening to it and went ah oh, yeah brilliant heard that before oh i didn't know about that mm. So that was the bit of the book I enjoyed the most, mm. um, which is ironic because, as I say, I won't go and seek arguments, but I just like to be informed because, mm. you know, knowledge is power and all that. Mm. But as I say, I was, you know, I I, I, wor- I, I hope no one sort of feel, feels or felt the same way I did. And, you know, two chapters in went, you know what, is this really what I want to I want to listen to or want to read? That's so interesting because I really enjoyed the beginning. That's really, really funny. And then the nice thing about having a book as well is that you can doodle on it and yeah. you can get your highlighter out on things and think, yeah. right, I must go back to I must remember that, you know, and stuff. But yeah, I really, I really liked the beginning. I thought this is what I need to know. Yeah. Me personally, I need to to be able to hone my skills in coming across as a non-judgy vegan (laughs) I I wonder whether in a sense Ed's persona and the fact that he's well known I wonder whether that almost makes it harder for him and maybe it's making us judge him a bit more harshly in that I'm reading an animal rights book at the moment by a a professor called Dr Steve Cook and he's an animal rights philosopher academic and then you've got others like peter singer gary francioni people like that who like they're academics and they write about subjects i don't know whether we would read their work and go god it's been a bit self-righteous there or or, don't like his tone we would just accept that like well this person is putting forward a moral or a philosophical or a sociological argument and we kind of wouldn't i don't know if we'd question the tone as much we'd be more looking for the, the actual content whereas with ed because everything that he does you know it's in a visual medium it's in social media it's immediate there's feedback there's there's data points there's all of this whether we we i don't know almost a hindrance yeah or, or just we we assess him on more metrics than we would someone who is just an academic or just an author, quote, just an author, just an academic. Whereas Ed, it's kind of like, oh, what clothes is he wearing? What about the tone of his voice? Oh, I'm not sure about his branding. And, you know, like we're quote, we're talking about like the tone of his voice and stuff like that. Whereas, I don't know, I don't know if that's... We should be talking about the writing, you know, and and that's that's what I say. I'm, I'm very acutely aware of having listened to him read the audiobook. I'm trying really hard to look past his narration because as you say when he's doing his youtube or when he's gone interviews he's having you know a back and forth with someone and that's why it's so engaging but you don't get that in a book it's just his voice so as i say for me uh, i will definitely read the book an actual physical copy of the book and then i'll see if my sort of my my immediate opinion changes i would still say it was you know worth a read still definitely up there as i say with something that can give you a lot of information mm. so you as i say the more you know the better informed you can be mm. uh, the more mm. 
and the better you can advocate for animals and as i say if if you're in so inclined you can take to the streets or to your you know your living rooms when you go to family meals and you can have a debate with your dad your granddad your auntie whoever and mm. um, you know and just sort of say well hang on have you have you met the amateur nutritionist? Well, let me tell you about them mm. um, and their views there, because as I say, it's the points in itself are are absolutely excellent. Mm. Is there anywhere else you can find, you know, a resource like that that you would? Well, see? there's actually a free PDF on it. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, let it go. Let it go. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. never. <laughs> I can't think of anything. I don't know of anything as comprehensive. Yeah. I mean, you know, organisations like Viva, the Vegan Society, mm. you know, they they will have common objections to veganism and they'll have the information but like this is a mm. this is a chunky mm. old book i don't know how many pages it is i think it's probably about 350 isn't it but it took nine hours for him to read it so it's mm. it, all in one place as well like mm. like you say kate it's difficult to I don't know if you were asking the question because you know of an answer. Of, of no, no, I'm I'm curious. Obviously, all the the websites you've said, but um, you know, you've got the specific types of questions, and then you've got the specific answers. You know, and they're yeah. all very much up to date. I wonder how how you know long they will stay keep up to date but that's the thing isn't it because mm. the science is so changing i think the general consensus will stay the same yeah but, um yeah i wonder how long it will be classified as up to date okay let's let's round things off now then so kind of as as we started off with a kind of just general broad brush strokes like what would be our 60 second summary of, of what we feel about the book, maybe who we'd recommend it to, who we wouldn't, anything we'd change or any other thoughts. Tom, do you want to start us off? Yeah, of course. I think uh, this is a book that is for people who want to learn more about why we are vegan. I think, as I said, the more you can arm yourself with the knowledge of, of why we do this, I think we all intrinsically know why we do this we do this for the animals but it's also understanding that the, the wide the breadth of the issues that we face and the sort of criticisms that will be leveled at us um so it's just about arming yourself with that knowledge so you can turn around and you can you can fight your corner and fight the corner for veganism and say well hang on actually that's incorrect just, you know stops perpetuating those myths about veganism and actually here's a source of information that you can that you can use and I think um, it's it's well worth a listen or a read um, and I know I've been quite critical about Ed's delivery uh, as a narrator but actually you know what that's just my opinion so you know it would be great to hear from people who have listened to it as well and to, to hear what they think. I think this is a really good book we can dissect things we can critique things of course but the bottom line is I don't know anyone who's vegan who doesn't or hasn't at some point had social struggles, struggled with the social aspect of veganism, the critiques, the rebukes, the hassle that we can get. And I, I think if you have this book on your bookshelf, tucked under your pillow, wherever you want to keep it, like there's answers to those things. There's help. They're not going to be perfect. They're not going to work with everyone. Like these, these archetypes that are listed, they're not actually real people. And people don't just fall into line and, you know, say this line and they'll shut up. No, no, no. That's not how it works. However, it arms you. You're better off with this book than without it. I'm delighted to be able to give such a brilliant vegan advocate some of my money. Like he has a Patreon, but I'm, you know, I'm really happy to be able to to give him some money for a, for a book, even if some of it started off as a free PDF on his website. But like, it's, it's really good stuff. And... 
I think the the critiques that I the main critiques I'd have can be solved by ripping the cover off and just blotting out the stereotypical the pseudoscientist, the well-meaning lifter, because really they're they're my main critiques. And yeah, he's a bit up himself at the start, but blooming heck, I mean, I've I've never met anyone who's half as good as him at, at, at arguing these things and advocating on behalf of animals and, and shows the dedication that he seems to. So, do you know what? If if he if he wants to blow his own trumpet a little bit, fine. Probably not the best strategic decision, but you go for it, mate. And it's not going to stop me giving you a few dollars to to say thanks very much um so mm. i'd say if you're vegan being without this book pro- probably a bit of a poor move like get it in your library definitely mm. i i mm. would say i would agree with that and um the thing is unless we were born vegan we we were all omnivores at one time and sometimes i forget that because i have been vegan such a long time now and i forget how to talk to people with like compassion and and um you know understanding and uh, i like the way he says about validating what other people are saying reminding you using good body language um all those things to help get the message across um because we're doing it for the animals uh, we all want a vegan world desperately so yeah i would definitely recommend this book it's hmm. i really enjoyed it so it's great <laughs> well let's leave things there for now so a question for all of you listening right now what do you think of this latest book from earthling ed and penguin books is the title clever or is it unhelpfully incendiary have we been unfair too kind or indeed is there anything we've missed yes we love carrying on the discussion with all of you listening and on our listener mailbag shows enough of the falafel at gmail.com is our email address and we're on insta tiktok and facebook at enough of the falafel that's right and while you're at it we'd love to hear your views on next week's discussion topic where myself kate and julie will be discussing the question should new vegans just focus on the food that will be in your podcast feed on thursday the 25th of jan in the morning uk time and remember that as well as that our weekly news chat vegan week drops every monday and throughout veganuary our going vegan series drops three episodes a week on wednesdays fridays and sundays yes and those going vegan shows are of course a brilliant resource for anyone you know who is trying veganuary as well as being generally fun listening for anyone who has gone through a vegan transition themselves. Right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you've liked the show, do share it with your friends, especially anyone who has read or is thinking of reading How to Argue with a Meat Eater. And give us a review if you haven't done so already. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Going Vegan. Until then... I've been Kate. He's been Tom. And he's been Anthony. And you've been listening to Vegan Talk from Enough of the Falafel. Goodbye. Goodbye.